you're pretty much not in control of any events that happen in your life. You're not in control of what people say to you. You're not in control. You don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. I mean, there's certain things you can control, but most of the experiences and events that come into your life just happen. And the one thing you're 100% in control of is your response. Today, we're fortunate to have Kent Julian. Kent is the president of Live It Forward, a personal and professional development company that helps people make the move to the life and work they love. Kent is a life and career coach who is passionate about speaking and has spoken to thousands of students and educators from all across the United States. Kent lives in Atlanta and loves exercise. He is married to his beautiful wife, Kathy, and they have three children, Chris, Mackenzie, and Kelsey. He has a great blog, and everyone who's interested in success for life and work can find that at liveitforward.com. It's a pleasure to have you, Kent. Welcome to the show. It is great to be here with you, Jared. Thanks. That was a nice introduction. Oh, thank you. What is the best concert that you've been to? Oh, man. I would probably say Jason Mraz. I took my wife this summer to see him. We are huge Jason Mraz fans, and we were third row center in an outdoor amphitheater, and we included a beach weekend with it. We were in Orange Beach, Alabama, and it was killer. I've seen some great shows. Billy Joel, I've seen him a couple times back mm. when I was a teenager. He was awesome. But as I get a little bit older, the, the last two we've been, to that we've really, really enjoyed. My wife and I have been Jason Mraz and then Michael Buble is a second one. So those were great shows. They both are fantastic performers. Absolutely. That's a fun question, man. I like it. It's making me feel all good. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that makes me feel good is sushi. What is your favorite sushi? Tuna, just a good piece of red tuna on rice. You can't get any better. Mm, Outstanding. I'm liking you even more and more, (laughs) man, if you're a sushi fan. Oh, absolutely. Love sushi. Let's go into blank versus blank. I'm going to give you something versus something, and you just tell me which one you prefer and why. Can I do a timeout? Absolutely. This is like one of the best podcasts starts that I've ever been. I get to be on a lot of podcasts and this is a lot of fun. So whoever made you think if these are your own ideas, these are phenomenal. I love it. Thank you, Kent. I I hope I do well on this. Oh, this is going to be simple. I'm just going to give you something versus something and you just say which one you prefer and why if you want to. And if not, we'll just move forward. All right, man. The first one is steak versus a good burger. Steak. Steak. Yeah. Ethiopian coffee versus Rwandan coffee. Oh, man. Depends on what day it is. (laughs) (laughs) How about today? Probably Rwandan today. Rwandan today. Yeah. Anything that can grow hair on my head, I'm still looking for that coffee combo that can do that. (laughs) All right. Duly noted. (laughs) Coffee ice cream versus mint chip ice cream. Coffee ice cream, no doubt about it. Coffee ice cream compared to every other dessert out there, coffee ice cream. Fair enough. Now, Kent, when I look at some of your pictures online and on social media, you're always dressed up to a T, and I wanted to ask you a few best dress type of questions. First one is suit versus sports jacket. Sports jacket. You see me dressed up because often I'm speaking to crowds where I have to wear a suit and tie, but I'm kind of a jeans, nice shirt, sports jacket, the shirt untucked. I'm kind of, that's my look. Oh, okay, good deal. So the next one is denim versus khaki. 
denim. Goatee versus mustache. Oh, goatee. I don't even have a mustache. I have a goatee. <laughs> Do you know what's funny is I used to have, I've got the shaved head look, so I used to have a goatee and a mustache kind of combo, and I kept seeing myself on stage, and I'm a very optimistic, positive person, but I would see pictures of me, and I can be pretty like intense because I'm so passionate. I looked angry with a mustache, so that's why I do just the goatee, and I got rid of the mustache because it takes some of that intensity, and I shouldn't say intensity, that anger look away from what I look like, especially when I'm presenting. Believe it or not, that's why I'm a goatee guy only. Oh, I'm glad I asked. Slip-ons versus laced-up shoes. Laced-up. iPhone versus Android. iPhone, all the way. Running versus swimming. Running. Even though I'm a swim coach, I, I love to run. Okay, yeah, that surprises me because I read that you are a swim coach, so yep, I think that might be run. swimming. But No, I do love to swim, but I love to run. Love it. If you ever get a chance to. If I ever get a chance to buy high-end Georgia Tech season tickets where I'm in the ideal seat in that basketball coliseum and I can have those and have those for life, I'd do that. Good choice. The next finish this sentence is don't let fear stop you from pursuing what you're passionate about. And lastly, in order to be successful. In order to be successful, you have to persist and stick to it. Grit is one of the, your greatest, how would I say this? It's one of your greatest competitive advantage to be successful at anything. Hard work beats talent every time talent doesn't work hard. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and Live It Forward. Just a real quick kind of story. I started out my career as a youth pastor, started at a very small church, went to school to study to be in ministry, specifically youth pastor, working with high school and middle school kids. I was not interested in, in ever being what I call a big church pastor. So I just did, went into it for youth ministry, did that, was pretty successful at it. If you just look at it, success as far as career-wise. I started at a small church, went to a mega church in Omaha, Nebraska, when mega churches were still kind of a new phenomenon. So it was one of the larger churches in the U.S., one of the larger youth ministries in the U.S. And then I was the national youth director of a couple thousand churches. And when that happened, when I took that job, I knew taking that job, that was the first time ever that I said, you know what, this is my last job on this career path. And I had no idea what I was going to do, which was a really weird thing because I'd never taken a job. Every youth ministry job I took was kind of the next step, and I really wasn't looking for it. Those opportunities came my way. Even the national position, it sort of just came my way. And now suddenly I'm in a position where I go, I'm glad I'm in this position. I'm definitely going to give it my all. But I know once this is done, I'm not taking another step on this career path, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. So I had to figure that out. Mm. And so just even once I got settled in that job, it takes you 18 months or so to get settled in a new job and really know what you're doing. Once I got settled and was doing well, then I started turning my attention during my free time onto what in the world am I going to do? So it took probably about 18 months to two years just to journal out thoughts and to think about that and to pray through that and decided I was going to start my own company. So a long story short, eight years ago, part time on the side, I started this company called Live It Forward. That's not what it was called at the beginning, but that's what it evolved into. Uh, it was primarily a career services 
services and career coaching uh, company. I did it on the side for three years. After three years, had grown it to a point where had to make a decision. Do I continue to do the national youth position for another kind of run at it and do this on the side or do I go with this full time? And we decided to go with it full time. And so for the last five years, that company has been growing. We've grown every year. We've added all kinds of different things that we do with it. In fact, what I do speaking wise, it's part of the company, but online and even the markets that I speak to really don't have that clear of an idea that I own this business called Live It Forward. And Live It Forward, up until this point, I haven't even been really talking much about the speaking I do. There's not even a speaker link on That's going to change because of where I'm going with my business. But I've kind of kept those two things separated and just been having a blast. You learn like crazy. I'm constantly learning. Love life. Like you said in the introduction, I'm married to the love of my life. Uh, I have three kids, uh, Kelsey, Mackenzie, and Chris. That's kind of me in a nutshell. Did you experience any doubts or fears when you decided, hey, I'm going to leave this prestigious position and start my own thing? No, man. I just was so fearless. I just nailed it. I mean, I'm king of the world. Are you kidding? Of course I did. <laughs> yes. I totally did. I get asked, you know, my primary speaking market is education and youth, but I do some entrepreneurship conferences, just some small ones here and there. And again, that's probably I might be going a little bit more in that direction here in the future. But I do some things now and again. And what usually gets the biggest positive feedback besides the presentation, the stuff that I do tends to be real creative and fun and energetic and there's good content with it. But when we just kind of get down and we do Q&A and people ask me questions and I just share that part of my journey, that gets just huge connection because it connects with where people are. And what's interesting is I can go back 10 years ago and eight years ago and seven years ago. When I think about it, this is hard to explain, but when I think about that, I can still actually feel it, what it felt like to be in that and the fear and what you're going through. And so I think that's what connects with an audience. My first year, I was giving this 15 to 20 hours a week. So I'm doing this totally on the side. I have a six-year-old and then twin four-year-olds at home. I'm giving this about 15, 20 hours a week, tracking that and really working that much. And after my first year, I have $4,000 total revenue. That's not income. That's total revenue Mm -hmm. to account for all that effort. I mean, you're talking somewhere in the four to five dollar an hour range. And again, that's not income. That's not my paycheck. That's just the amount of money that I've produced. And then after 18 months, I add another six thousand. So you're at 18 months, total revenue of ten thousand dollars. And so when you're banging away at something really hard, doing the best that you can, and you've put in thousands and thousands and thousands of hours and you've got ten thousand dollars revenue, you're doing a lot of of, is this going to make it? I remember telling my wife after a particular seminar saying, if I did this every weekend, except for Christmas and Easter, and I did this seminar every single weekend, I'd produce $20,000 worth of revenue. I mean, those you just go, how in the world are you going to make a living at this? There was a ton of fear. More than fear, it was just, is this actually going to happen? Am I wasting my time? And so I learned how to work through that and how to see whether this thing gets off the ground or not. I'm not wasting my time. 
Wow. How do you find business for your brand? Wow. I think there's different ways. It depends on what I'm trying to do. When I market my speaking, I'm marketing marketing directly to event planners. So it's very different. It's very much you're reaching out to them and constantly marketing your services. When I'm marketing what I do through Live It Forward and what I do through part of Live It Forward is this speaker's boot camp I do called Speak It Forward. So if you go to liveitforward.com, there's links to speak it forward. So when I'm marketing those, it's much more doing blogs and providing content and that. But the key to both, here's the key to both, is that you serve and you add value before anybody ever hires you and whether they ever hire you or not. You're giving and serving and adding value. So I'm trying to create what I call top of mind awareness with both of those markets. And the way that I go about doing it is to say, here's value. I hope you can use it in your organization and I'm serving you. And the idea behind that is, hey, whether you ever hire me or not, or whether you ever use my services, I hope this helps you. I've heard you mention the book Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. What is your biggest takeaway from that book? They are phenomenal on how do you make a concept or an idea sticky. Mm -hmm. So I did is really revolutionize the way that I communicate. When you come out of the pastorate and you've been speaking and teaching pretty much every week for 20 years, 15, 20 years, you're creating material like crazy. So when you're trying to keep it fresh and engaging and different things like that, it's just a plethora of content. As a speaker now, I get paid to pretty much give the same couple presentations, like somebody will see me, they'll be at a conference, I'll be speaking at a conference, they'll walk up to me and say, we want you to say that exact same thing to our teachers at this end service, or can you come to our student state leadership conference and do that at our place? Well, the thing is, what Made the Stick has helped me do is not just provide the content, but figure out how to make that content so sticky that people take it home with them and they literally will never forget it. And so especially especially in my speaking, it happened just this week. There was a high school senior who's going into his college, doing his college papers to get accepted. And he heard me speak months ago. And he just tweeted me with E plus R equals O, which is something that I do that I think is really, really sticky. And I said, hey, great. Sounds like you're living that. And he wrote back, just did a paper for a class. And I'm using this to do my some sort of app application paper for college. And it's not just the content, it's that the content was so sticky that he remembers it and he knows exactly what it means and it's going to stick with him for the rest of his life. So that book is great. If you have any kind of message that you think is really, really important and you want people to be able to take it away and literally remember it, not a week from now, but a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, that book is a great resource. You mentioned E plus R equals O. What is the significance of E plus R equals O? E plus R equals O is not original with me. It's original with a guy named W. Clement Stone. I've read some of his books and read that in there, but also Jack Canfield, who was mentored by W. Clement Stone, will use it from time to time. And it's all it stands for is events plus R response to those events equal the outcome. And so the concept is you're pretty much not in control of any events that happen in your life. You're not in control of what people say to you. You're not in control. You don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. 
now. I mean, there's certain things you can control, but most of the experiences and events that come into your life just happen. And the one thing you're 100% in control of is your response. And the way that you shape the outcome, you can take any event that happens to you and shape it for the good by taking 100% control of your response. So the way that I do it is I say people who kind of live an average life or aren't successful in life, they buy into an E equals O outcome, which is events equals outcome. So if these things happen to me, here's kind of the automatic outcome. But successful people take an E plus R equals O. It's the events plus their response equals their outcome. And the reason that connects so much with me and the reason I use it so much is I had real significant learning challenges with regards to reading and language when I was a kid. And I always felt like I was dumb. Even when I graduated high school, my SAT scores in language were so low, colleges wouldn't accept me. I had to take a thing called developmental studies to get accepted into college. I had to pass that, and that allowed me to get accepted into college on probation. Yet I went on to graduate college with honors, and I got a master's degree and graduated with the highest honors and have written books, and I speak for a living. And the whole idea there is they didn't use E plus R equals O, but I had a couple educators that really challenged me that I was using that event of me being born with those learning challenges as an excuse. And they said, you are not dumb, but you're allowing yourself to live lower than you should. And so they really challenged me to own my response and overcome that. And that actually, it helped me take my one of my greatest adversities in life, and I actually turned it into an advantage. And so I think a lot of times, especially when I'm talking to students, I'm challenging them to think about what is their greatest adversity? What's your greatest struggle and your greatest challenge? And if you have the right response to that and you learn to beat that and overcome that, what happens is that ends up becoming your greatest advantage. The ability to beat that, the successful people in life are not people who have had stuff come easy to them. It's the people who have actually overcome adversity and figured out how to do that. That's who ends up succeeding in life. So I look back and I go, that learning challenge, that has been my greatest advantage in all of life because I've learned how to overcome that. I learned E plus R equals O. I learned my response to that can make that actually a positive outcome. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this, Kent, and they're going to admire the adversity you've overcome to get to where you are. What advice do you have for anyone who wants to make the move to the work and life that they love, but they're having difficulty finding the best place to get started? First of all, I would say I often look at what I overcame and I go, it's really not that big of a deal because I've met a lot of other people that have overcome stuff that is way harder than that. Sometimes we like to make a bigger deal than our stuff is. I've got a friend that is a fantastic father, and he's a great husband. He's a little bit younger than me, but he's just nailing it. He's really doing a good job. And I knew him growing up. He was actually a kid that was in my youth ministry, and he did not come from a healthy family. And so in most cases, you often see, especially males, end up not being good father figures and not being good husbands coming out of a dysfunctional situation. So I asked him once, I was like, man, you have just, I'm so proud of you. You've done a great job. How did you overcome that back? 
background. And he was like, oh, that was easy. I just <laughs> did the opposite of what I saw done for me. And I've been successful. And it was like, duh. So the first thing I would say, how do you make the move? Number one, start living E plus R equals O and don't make an excuse. I mean, you can say, yeah, but you don't understand the events in my life or can't your events aren't near as hard as my events. And I go, hey, you're right. They're not. But your events aren't as hard as other people's events that I know. So your events are your events. You can wish they were different, but they're not. So you better learn how to respond to them in a positive way. You basically got two choices. You can respond to them in a, hey, I'm going to let the events dictate the outcomes of my life. Or you can say, no, I'm not going to let the events. And the second one, I'm not going to let the events dictate the outcomes of my life. I'm going to respond. I'm going to choose my response to those events. That's the only positive one you have. And that's the only one that's going to make your life better. So you might as well choose that one. So that would be the first thing to making the move to the life you want. And then I would just say there's so many ongoing learning, making sure you create time every day to think about, to read positive stuff, to think about positive stuff, the stuff about setting goals. Make sure you set goals and you review your goals. Look at who you hang out with and are you hanging out with turkeys? Because guess what? You can't fly like an eagle if you're down <laughs> on the ground with turkeys, you know? Sure. So all of those things that we hear over and over, but we never do anything about, actually do something about those things. And if you do, just pick one at a time and you improve one at a time, let's say every 90 day period. If you pick one thing that you know, if I change this to this in the next 90 days, that will be a positive thing in my life. And you give it 90 days because it takes a while to make the change. So don't focus on anything else. Just change that one thing. And you do that for 90 days. And then you do another one for 90 days. In a year, you will have made four huge, huge changes in your life. And you will look back and you'll say, unbelievable. I look back on, it's only been eight years that I've been doing what I've been doing. And it's only been five years I've been doing it full time. And if you were to say to me eight years ago, when I started this thing called Live It Forward, what if you got to there? What if your life was shaped like it was now? I would say, man, that would be that would be awesome. And now I'm living it and I have to remember this isn't what it was always like. This is not that it was bad before, but this is just so much more phenomenal. So to kind of wrap all that up, I have a concept that I say I'm kind of jumping all over the place because that's such a big question you asked. But <laughs> I've, I've got this concept. Big is little and little is big. And so if you want the big things in life, you got to do the little things in life day in and day out right. And if you do the little things in life day out and day in right and you go after the little things, the big thing will almost just naturally end up happening. So big is little and little is big. If you want the big stuff, do the little stuff. If you do the little stuff, the big stuff will happen. Well said. You mentioned Speak It Forward Boot Camp. Please tell us a little bit about Speak It Forward Boot Camp and why people should sign up yesterday. <laughs> Speak It Forward Boot Camp is, is something that just, I never really planned on doing it. What happened was I was doing Live It Forward when I quit my full-time job. As the National Youth Director, I was already on the road about 100 nights a year traveling and doing speaking within that realm. And so when I quit my full-time job and I was doing career coaching, the area that I really wanted to expand was 
speaking and I wanted to go in brand new markets compared to the markets I'd been in. So for the years that I was starting my business and I was doing it on the side, part of that time I was going to different conferences and hiring coaches to figure out how do I do the business of speaking. I worked hard at it and it takes a while to grow it, but since I had really done my homework, it grew pretty fast. And at the same time, there was this new online community called 48days.net. I know you're a part of that. And it was brand new. And so when it was brand new, I was part of that community and I started a couple groups. And one of them was Speak It Forward group. It was just in there to gather people who were interested in speaking. We'd share ideas, what was working, what wasn't working. Out of that, people started really going, this guy is doing that well. He's being pretty successful at it. He seems to know what he's talking about. And so they were asking me questions in there and I would get calls. Hey, can I pick your brain about this? Or hey, somebody locally, can I take you out to lunch? And I would just do that stuff. But it got to the point where I couldn't really do a lot more of that. And then so finally, I was a career coach and I thought, I'm going to set up a little coaching program with this. And that's what I did. And I had a number of people sign up pretty instantly, so much so that I couldn't keep doing career coaching. So long story short, wow. I started or I, I wanted to continue doing career coaching. So instead of coaching speakers, I started a thing called Speak It Forward Boot Camp. And it's ended up turning into a two and a half day intense. And when I say it's a boot camp, it's a boot camp. We go hard. Two and a half days of me actually teaching and walking you through everything I do to grow my business, how I figure out what I'm going to speak on, how I figure out who I am on stage. You actually are a character on stage. How do I develop my brand? How do I not only develop my message, but make sure it's a message that's going to really impact the audience? And then how do I take that and how do I build a business and how do I market that business specifically to event planners? The thing that's real different about this boot camp compared to I've been to a number of boot camps and there's a lot of great stuff out there. And I'm into ongoing learning. In fact, I'm in an advanced mastermind group that I'm paying for this year. That's a real advanced program with eight other seven other speakers that with a, a speaker agent who's at a whole different level than what I've been at. So mm-hmm. so that's what I'm into ongoing learning. But the boot camp, especially if you're thinking about, hey, I'd love to add speaking to my business, or you've kind of been speaking, but you get paid a little bit here, or you only get a few gigs. If you really want to learn a system, not just a place where you come and you get a bunch of ideas, the thing that's real unique about this boot camp is I'm going to teach you A to Z. Here's the system that I use. If you go to speakitforward.com and you see the testimonies, you'll hear that over and over. Kent doesn't hold anything back. He teaches us the complete system. He gives us all his forms. It's just kind of, hey, here's what I do. This works. If you'll work this system, you got to be a good speaker. But if you'll work this system, the system will work for you. Kent, we're going to try to wrap things up a little bit. I've got a couple last questions. Do you have a favorite quote that you'd like to share with everyone? Oh, I've got so many quotes. So, so many quotes. There's one that I have at the end of all my newsletters, and I'm not going to be able to quote it word for word, but it's basically life is not about running the race in such a way that you end up at your grave with a well-preserved, well-kept body, but it's a race where you put it all out there, you give it all you've got, and you slide in to home, worn up, used out, and you're saying, wow, what a ride. I love that quote. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Who is doing something interesting that inspires you right now? 
Oh, I would say, oh man, there's a lot of people, but probably the guy who continues to inspire me is a guy named Dan Miller that we both know. Dan Miller is the youngest 65-year-old guy I've, <laughs> I've ever met. I still go, the guy is not 65 years old. He is going full throttle, living his dream, making a difference. I love Dan because he's such a, not only is he a good guy, he's just kind of an average guy. I mean, that sounds like I'm almost giving him a backhanded compliment. <laughs> right. But he's just an ordinary guy who is doing extraordinary things because he's found his passion in his life. He's zeroed in on that and he's serving people and he's doing exactly what he wants to do. And I look at him and I look at him as uh, a hero in my life because he's about 20 years older than me. And I just go, that's the kind of path I want to continue to follow. I want to have the same kind of attitude that Dan Miller has when I'm 65. So I really look up to him. That's what inspires me so much about him. And I think it's just because I know him. And often when you get to know somebody and you get to know him up close and personal, you begin to see their flaws and everybody's got them. And yet, in spite of the flaws, every time I'm with them, my respect gets higher. So it's not like this. I'm admiring him from afar. I'm admiring him close up. And so I see both, not just the great presence that he gives, but I see even beyond that. It's kind of like I've been able to look behind the curtain and you see everything. And in spite of everything, you still go, that is one great guy. So I have a hard time. I mean, there's other people that I, whenever I'm asked a question like that, I have a hard time not having him pop into my mind first. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Well, we're going to close things up, Ken. I really appreciate it. What's the best place to find out more about you, Live It Forward, and Speak It Forward Boot Camp online? The best place, the one kind of central landing place is liveitforward.com. If you go there and you follow my blog, I try to blog about three times a week. Uh, they tend to be real positive and inspirational, but real good content. So if you get in there and you just kind of join and become part of that community, you'll hear about all this kind of stuff. And there are links to speak it for right there on the sidebar. So liveitforward.com. And you're also on social media. I am. Twitter, Kent Julian. I love, I love Twitter. I'm on Facebook and Twitter, and I do Facebook. So, and both of them are Kent Julian on either Facebook or Twitter. Those are the two main places that I hang out. And then that one community that you and I were talking about, 48days.net, I'm real active in there. That's a great, very, very focused community. So I really like that community. Awesome. Kent, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the show. Great show, Jerry. This was a ton of fun. I appreciate it. Life is not about running the race in such a way that you end up at your grave with a well-preserved, well-kept body. But it's the race where you put it all out there, you give it all you've got, and you slide in to home, worn up, used out, and you're saying, wow, what a ride.